This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, however it applies. Your host, Jeff Lloyd from SI.com's Browns Maven, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns wise. For your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Obviously, we got a Super Bowl preview to get to here. Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Um, I guess in the light of events this week, you know, um, and maybe good on the Super Bowl to not actually, you know, overdo it here. Um, you know, sometimes look, and sometimes and a lot of times, life and is bigger than sports. Um, but either way, there's a game to be played Sunday. We're going to cover the living daylights out of it for you guys. Um, but some Browns news of the day. And... You almost knew when the news broke, you know, who's going to be the asshats about this. And um, to those of you on social media, yeah, congratulations for looking like a stinking doofus. And the saddest part is some of you were so proud to put up your uh, girl dad tweets the other day. But then, you know, here you are 48 hours later begging on the fact. Congratulations, uh, Kaylee Brownson, uh, newest edition, chief of staff. Pete, like we talked about last night, some of these titles, where do they come from? Um, which seems to be a big one now. Ed Reed going back to the U to essentially be chief of staff um, and certainly not to discredit uh, Kaylee here in this um, chief of staff. And it, God bless it, Pete. Look, if the person's qualified, it doesn't matter their sex. It doesn't matter gender. It doesn't matter anything. If the person's qualified and you want to know what, and in some of these instance, instances, you're never going to truly know until somebody's got the stones to say, I'm going to give you a bigger role. Um, San Antonio Spurs, one of the most influential assistant coaches is a female and Becky Hammond, long time, fantastic female basketball player. So you would think just doesn't matter what your sex is. If you know it, you know it. And I don't think this is some analytical people just saying, Hey, let's do something different. You know, maybe we'll get somebody to talk about us in a positive light. Obviously they feel pretty confident in the decision they made because this is a staff in its infancy. If it doesn't work out, it's certainly not a good look for them. Um, yeah, she's she's you know she's been around. Uh, she played. For anybody who's worried about that, not that I you know I don't care, but it's just interesting for anyone who's like worried about that stuff. Uh, she played eight years of pro football uh, and is probably a bigger badass than most of the people criticizing her uh which is whatever uh but uh, as 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 it was with any of this stuff get the smartest people who can help you uh and let them you know make you better and to that end if she can do that great uh if not that's you know then like everything else it's the same thing with you know as as you know progressive it is is to have the youngest african-american executive in the league uh, and the youngest executive in general, um, having a, a, a female uh, in a specific coach role, which is uh, like like she is, where she's got you know like a, a title and everything. Um, it's you know historic. I mean, the the the, the goal uh, when Stefanski came aboard was talking about being progressive. There's no question that this is that, um, and if it makes them a better football team, then it's, it's just like when, you know, any of the stuff where you're trying to like sort of cover new ground, if you, if you're successful with it, other teams are going to copy you. So 
Um, she's got the job that Stefanski started with in Minnesota and, uh, you know, allowed him to sort of get his foot in the door in the NFL career. She's already been in the NFL, but this is her first official full-time, you know, real role as opposed to being an intern, uh, whether it was with the Bills or scouting with the Jets. Uh, and, and the other thing here is, and look, um, it's it brings someone different into the fold. Um, you know, for me, I was one of six children. My father worked a ton. Um, I spent a lot, almost all of my time, you know, as an athlete and rides home after games. And who was I talking to? Who was I leaning on? If it was a good day or a bad day, it was my mother. And, you know, look, sometimes it brings a different influence. And if a guy's having a bad day and look, some kids grow up with, you know, diverse backgrounds. Somebody may grow up with their, you know, their mother passed away early and they've only got, you know, one parent in their lives. Or, you know, somebody grew up in a really bad situation where they were raised by grandparents or aunts and uncles. Or, you know, somebody had a father who turned out to be a jerk and didn't want to do what he was supposed to do. Uh, So sometimes it's, you know, not the worst idea to have somebody else there to send the message where it can come from a different avenue. And it's having diversity within the room. Obviously, it's going to bring, you know, a different set of ideas. And you you want you want to leave no stone unturned. And I think that's the opportunity you get here. And like you said, it's not like she hasn't played the game. It's not like she hasn't been in that aspect of it. Um, obviously eight years in it. Um, obviously she's not doing this to be a trendsetter. She's doing this because she truly enjoys the sport and truly loves the sport, Pete. Well, she, when she started coaching, she was doing it in high school and, thought was that was more or less the 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 pinnacle uh just being recruited to do that she you know it wasn't sort of a thing yet so you know basically all the doors are being open she's going through and succeeding with but it's not like she planned this it just sort of uh worked out that she's got this opportunity and it, you know that's where you're at and it's the opportunity and look i just i, I like the idea of doing something different And it's not, you know, this, they're not doing it for the sake of being different. Obviously, you know, they've followed, they've paid attention and obviously did their research and put, you know, their stamp into this. And I hope there's more. Um, And it's certainly not the first one, obviously. You've all seen the commercials. Somebody's going to be involved, uh, you know, on the 49er staff on Sunday. Uh, Everybody knows who Jen Welter is. Obviously, she had her opportunity with, uh, you know, some time with Bruce Arians and the Cardinals. Hey, God bless it, man. Uh, look, in uh, in 2020, if you're not willing to, you know, accept change and, and try new things and whatever. I mean, people, I mean, just you, you want a better society. Be understanding and willing to adapt to whatever situation. Um, Pete Baker, uh, obviously, you know, did the interview this morning. And Baker's Baker had a hell of a run basically a hell of a four-year run, you know, going from Oklahoma and, you know, going seven and seven as a rookie, anybody who wants to give that first jet win to Tyrod Taylor, get the hell out of here. He came into a 0-16 team and was a seven and seven quarterback and, you know, did maybe, you know, whether or not he needed it, Baker did have to take a step down this year. Did I'm sorry, didn't have to take it down, took a step down here. 
took a lot of humility, took a lot on his back, a lot of jokes, man, at his dispense. Um, I thought the talk today and, you know, whether it was done intentionally or not intentionally, the whole foot and mouth over, you know, something to Rex Ryan, maybe there was a little joyful fun in that. Um, and speaking and, you know, taking on some humility and putting it on himself. And this is something, you know, we had, we had praised Baker through the entire draft process for was, you know, and I still remember this and going back to before the Rose Bowl, he had been sick for a couple of days. He wasn't able to do interviews. And then finally, you know, he set up for like, all right, let me talk to everybody. And his line basically was, is no, I am the quarterback of this team. I should be a- answering these questions. You know, not everybody else speaking for me. You know, I'm one of the leaders. I'm a captain. I'm the ququarterback. So if that's the case, you've got to do it in good times and in bad. And also part of it, Pete, is, you know, it's going to be here, the proof and the pudding for Baker. Um, you know, I need to let the negative, the negative noise, you know, just dissipate. I can't go ahead and respond back. It's, you know, it's great to preach it, but it's going to be another thing about whether or not he actually practices it. Um, yeah, for people who wanted him to sort of do this, I guess he did it. Um, he said all the right things relative to what people wanted. Didn't didn't say anything that was controversial. Not that he really does usually. Um, I, I just never understood this notion that he doesn't blame himself when things go wrong. Uh, he does it every post game that uh, he feels like he's supposed to um ultimately and and i've already seen evidence of this nobody cares um what he says good bad or ugly unless he's good um you know if he if he if he says all the right things and sucks people are going to still tell him he sucks if if uh he, he doesn't say all the right things he's a you know a giant prick and yet he goes out and wins football games he's going to get uh you know, he's going to be labeled accordingly. So, it you know, there's this element of he was in uh, Miami for the Super Bowl stuff because, you know, he has marketing things and and, and things of that nature, and I don't think he was going to be able to sort of get through that without um, something uh, uh, akin to, you know, going on that type of show, whether it was that one or those two or, or others um, that, uh, you know, without, without just getting crushed for it, you know, so I think he had to, since he was down there anyway, I think he sort of had to do it. Um, he essentially, you know, got to give him, you know, go through like a little therapy slash confession uh, thing and, and he got a bunch of hugs for it from all these people, including Rex Ryan and others. So, it's uh, it was sort of like um, the cynical view of it was like it was essentially a deal that uh, you know you come on and, and and sort of you know give yourself some lumps we'll throw you some softballs and then we'll hug it out at the end so um, you know if it made people happy great to me it was just sort of you know whatever but uh, you know it certainly he looks you know whether you want to get into whether he meant it or not uh, I think the most important part of this is that uh, he uh, looked sort of determined and, and motivated, which I don't think there's ever been a question, but nevertheless, that is something that, uh, that uh, it was positive to see. Um, and look, and, and there is part of it with the quarterback position. And this is, you know, where, you know, Baker's got to learn it a little bit. It's, you know, you got to play the game a little bit. And it's kind of, you know, giving the media what they want. 
and not necessarily in, you know, look, I mean, I don't think anybody nationwide is going to really care about whether or not he tells Tony Grossi. I'm not even going to answer that question because it's just ridiculous and dumb to ask, but you got to play the game a little bit and you can't always be ready to, uh, you know, snap the comebacks. Maybe part of that was is because he got a little aggravated with it here, but you're up there on a national stage, you know, have fun with it. Um, and essentially play the game, you know, um, you know, nobody's asking Baker to be a Peyton Manning or an Eli Manning where it's, you know, you know, he sounds like, you know, a guy who's been, you know, a CEO you know, of a company for 30 years and everything's boring and blase and, but, you know, speak with some positivity. And, you know, I think he did that today, made him obviously look a little bit better. And so, you know, there is that aspect of it. Um, but it was, you know, good to see. And uh, Pete, I gotta be honest. Um, I don't know if he looked that fat and I'll be honest. I don't give a shit. Can we just let this one die? If he shows up 250 uh, around January 30th. Yeah, folks, we got a problem. But everything else, who the fuck cares at this point, Pete? Uh, well, quarterback bodies generally don't look pretty. Uh, but uh, it's January 31st. I don't care um, if he shows up in June, uh, which, you know, out of shape. I don't even know if he's out of shape, but. People are certainly saying that for him uh, that, uh, uh, you know, then, then there's something to actually talk about for the moment. You know, he probably hasn't done anything for the past, you know, at least month. And to, for the moment, I don't care uh, so much of this about giving your body a break. And once that is done, then he gets to work. And then we can talk about what he did or didn't do uh, for, for mini camps and stuff like that. Uh, he has always been portly, to put it kindly. Uh, he's, you know, he's got a little body armor there, a little bit of a natural rib protector. Um, he doesn't need to be ripped. If anything, it's going to do him a disservice around his midsection in particular. Uh, you know, it's like Ben Roethlisberger. Not, you know, he's he's always carrying that whale weight around. He, he lost a bunch of weight for this past season, uh, and completely coincidentally got hurt. Uh, but uh, he was always sort of a slob looking guy and yet he continued to beat the hell out of the Browns on a yearly basis. So uh, I'm only concerned about how he plays all the rest of this is contrived crap uh, that doesn't do anything to make this team better. It just sounds weird and uh, just genuinely bizarre that you've got all these uh, allegedly straight men body shaming this kid uh, that's that's part of it. That you know doesn't sound like you know these are the people. Some of these are the people that wanted uh, football guys, and they're very uh, um, concerned about uh, Baker Baker's lack the lack of a beach body. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, if if Baker, you know, if you're going to say six feet and change, you know, two and change, yeah, he's his body's kind of maxed out. So guess what? If he's ten pounds over eight weight, which isn't difficult <laughs> to get rid of um it's yeah um, it's not gonna look that great you know what i'm saying um that's what happens when you're only six feet tall uh when you're six foot five nobody's gonna notice if you put on 10 pounds uh when you're around that size yeah people are gonna pick up on that uh start getting the super bowl stuff here jeff lloyd pete smith and locked on browns we talk about physical fitness a lot but there's another side of the game that's just as important i'm talking about mental fit- fitness calm the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James, killer new tattoo, by the way, LeBron, to help you train your mind. 
LeBron and calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body and calm can help you, uh, help you train your brain. So you sleep better, have less stress. Oh, geez. I really got to check this out and perform at your best for LeBron James. Sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and my mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a calm premium membership with calm. You have access to the nature scenes. LeBron loves like rain on leaves. That maybe wouldn't work for me. I'd have to go to the bathroom 52 times and so much more like sleep stories and meditations for a limited time. Our listeners can join LeBron in using calm with a 40% discount uh, annual membership at com.com slash locked on unlock content to help you focus ease and release stress and sleep better get started at com.com slash locked on that's com.com slash locked on pete it is time the game is coming sunday and pete's going to give his prediction first and there's no way um I can jump in in this one. Goes into this one with a two-game lead. All right, congratulations. Fine, it's over. You know, you won the uh, cupcake that's been left in the fridge too long. All yours again, Pete. But the game itself, um, interesting. Uh, I don't think – it seems a lot of people are pro-Kansas City here. And I kind of get that, you know, with the firepower they bring. But, Pete – I don't think San Francisco's defense is being enough credit. The speed at the linebacker position, you know, what they can do. And everybody, you know, oh, two weeks to prepare, two weeks to prepare. Yeah, that's also two weeks where the San Francisco defensive line and what did Baker say today? He's like, oh, you know, no, no, yeah, we played them. I kind of participated, you know. So obviously, you know, Baker spoke well on the 49ers today. This can kind of go either way. The Niners, I'm sorry, jump in. Well, I was going to say the 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 thing I, I I just have a difficult buying is the Chiefs linebackers or lack thereof, which is one of those things that they've sort of gotten away with the fact that they're awful, uh, and that seems like it's going to have to end this week because of, of the way that Kansas City runs the ball and that stuff. So I San Francisco runs the ball, but yeah, or San Francisco runs the ball, but yeah, so. I just don't know how they're going to be able to, you know, do enough with those linebackers. Uh, well, that's I my concern. They... My concern is is how much can San Francisco keep Mahomes as a spectator? And I think there's a chance where it could really work out well. The thing they got to worry about is that blitzkrieg, that 35 point second quarter that they threw on Houston. Uh, you know. That's the part where, you know, San Francisco got to be careful. But, you know, San Francisco's coming at this with a much better approach defensively. Um, and even in the secondary, they understand there's, you know, times where it's bend, don't break. I mean, even when the Browns got their asses whipped out there on that Monday night, there were plenty of 15-yard routes that were open. They weren't connecting on them early, which got that game out of hand as quick as it did. San Francisco's smart in their approach. Their thing is, look, we're not going to give up the big play. Um, so we'll give up 10, 15 yards if that's the case. But mostly we're hoping that, you know, our front is going to destroy your front. 
Sure. The other thing that the, the 49ers really don't have um, in this matchup is they, I don't know if they have the secondary that can sort of match up with what the Chiefs have. Um, yeah, I so mean, Tyre, those, there is no matchup the 49ers can bring for Tyreek Hill or, you know, Michael Hardman. No, none whatsoever. No, and it's it's obviously not a great, you know, it's, it's obviously a pretty awful uh, situation for, um, you know, a guy like Richard Sherman. This is just not a great setup for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I just, it's very difficult for them to see, see that work. So both sides have a real uh, deficiency on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and the other problem is the Chiefs, uh, their offensive line, is it's going to be hard to, to you know, believe in the, their ability to sort of protect Mahomes consistently uh, with, you know, with everything they can throw at them. Those are the things that sort of uh, would make me nervous in this game. Uh, no, I, I agree there. And but, but like you mentioned earlier with the, with the running game, and you know, a lot of this may could be determined, you know, how the game starts. Does San Francisco get the ball first? Is San Francisco able to put together one of their nine, ten play drives? Or maybe it's a dump to one of the wide receivers, you know, get Kittle a little involved in eight runs. Um, and what we've seen to this point, and, you know, Pete, I know you love to make this point about the $136 man is – you know, right now they are playing to not have Jimmy Garoppolo essentially lose the game for him. Look, they throw a little bit early, and I don't blame them for their approach of, hey, once we think we're up comfortably enough, that's it. We're just running the football. Uh, you know, I'm okay with that. I truly am. But, you know, the question is if Kansas City can at least operate and, you know, function as an offense normally, I don't think San Francisco is going to be able to play the, we'll, we'll go ahead and get this done without a quarterback. No, and that's sort of the thing is, is, is if, uh, if the 49ers can, can control the game, they can give themselves a massive advantage. The, the problem is obviously if, if they can't not only control the ball in terms of possession, but control the ball in terms of like length of possession, you know, just keeping the Chiefs off the field, then they could get get to itself or get themselves into a situation like Houston did, where they just couldn't keep the ball away from them long enough, and and they kept creating opportunities. Um, the Chiefs, if they can force uh, Garoppolo to throw, they can certainly win this game. If they can't, then that's you know that that's the game to me. Is if, if Jimmy Garoppolo has to play in it, uh, then it's you know then it's obviously going to be a huge uh, benefit to the 49ers. If he doesn't have to play football, then the 49ers have already won. <laughs> yeah, um, and one of the um, and here's one I actually love from this week, Pete. Um, Frank Clark. Oh yeah, I think he'd see the pass rusher like me. Frank Clark, you win the NFC West. You played the freaking 49ers twice a year for how long? Like, dude, I, I understand you're a dense son of a gun. And, you know, obviously your track record shows you're not the smartest guy walking on two feet. But seriously, dude, they haven't seen somebody like you. They've literally seen you. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, it's it's like him talking. And they about have the, they the have type. Bosa in practice every day, and Ford and Armstead and Buckner. Yeah, bro. Trust me, they've seen you. Well, like it's like him talking about the the Titans, like him talking about how you know how how it wouldn't be difficult for them to tackle him. And and I suppose on some level you can make that case, but it wasn't because Frank Clark was the one hitting him. No. No, it was not. Um, got some prop bets to get to here, which are fun. We got some of those. And I'll be honest with you, man, the off-the-wallness on what some of these sites have on prop bets, whew, uh, unbelievable. Um, you know, Just odd, one odd one here we won't even get into, though, is – um, what 49er does Joe Buck reference first, Montana, Rice, or Young? <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's amazing what you can truly gamble on. My friends, Open Pit Barbecue from Million, Ohio. My buddy John Vaughn. Uh, John's always got a special of the week, Browns-related. Um, I love John's passion for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, on somebody who enjoys grilling and smoking meat. I enjoy John's passion for food and meat, and he does a fantastic job with it, and he takes it seriously. Uh, so open pit barbecue, vermilion, anywhere near there, go on over, have a great meal, tell John we sent you, sit down, wolf away the meat, and talk some browns, and enjoy yourself. But go ahead, check out open pit barbecue, tell John I sent you that way. So we're gonna roll on through here. Some prop bets, and you know these things get crazy, crazy. You always have your you know, your simplicity and your easiest ones of it. Pete, national anthem, Miss Demi Lovato. And first things first, anybody doesn't know, uh, obviously, that girl been through a lot. So to get yourself back to this platform, good for her. Two minute national anthem, Pete. Over, under. Uh. I'll say, I'll say over, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's usually, uh, you know, I mean, if you're embarking and trying to, you know, reestablish yourself and uh, you got to sometimes hit and carry out those notes and um, nothing will ever be the Whitney Houston one. So with that one, keep on moving along here. Um, uh, Will the opening kick, kick off Pete, be a touchback? Yeah, I, I I think that's an absolute slam dunk no brainer because you're the kicker. You've been jacked up for two weeks. You didn't actually play last week. Unless something crazy happens with the weather in Miami, uh, yeah, that one's yeah. Put that one in pen. First offensive play from scrimmage. Uh, actually, the run is the better bet. Uh, is the safest bet here. Um, obviously, you know, anything else is, you know, the less paying out bet because it could be a pass play that leads to a quarterback scramble here. This one, Pete's interesting because it's probably going to depend on who has the rock. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would assume, I mean, if the 49ers get a, I, I assume they're going to come out and run it. Although, you know, they may try to, you know, try to go, go blitzkrieg real quick. Um, well, and everybody's got, look, I mean, when you've got a game, it's been two weeks or whatever, you probably got something, you know, you have one of two things. You either just say, all right, we're going to come out simple and do what we do. We're going to say, well, 
oof, this one's really looked good for the last five or six practices. Man, let's go with this early. Yeah, so I will go with pass. I will go with pass, too. I mean, and I think the reason why is because the 49ers, it's almost like they kind of just say, all right, well, let's just get this out of the way and, you know, Hopefully we can you know, get some points on this drive. Our defense will get out of there. And uh, there we go. Will either team score within the first five and a half minutes of the game? Um, given the way these two guys, I will say yes. I'll say yes. I, I'm going to go with it yes, too. And obviously, first part of it is just because, you know, if the Chiefs, yeah, they could come out flying and it, 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 it's one of those where your offense should be ahead early with the two weeks. It's who obviously, you know, counters faster. I do think the 49ers defense is capable of that. Um, only question would be is if the 49ers put together that 10, 11 minute drive. This one, actually, I kind of liked. Um, obviously, we established, you know, that uh, national anthem right around two minutes. Will either offense have a scoring drive shorter than what the national anthem was? Yes. The Chiefs are capable of it right off the bat. Um, then there's the turnover factor. Um, and this one, this is a this is a prop bet that pays out pretty well. So for me, yeah, this is one, and <laughs> it's funny when Pete and I talk about this, because look, we're just giving you what you think, because neither one of us, you know, we'd rather just buy a sandwich as opposed to uh, you know, throw some shekels down. Yeah, I look at it as food, things of like that near beer, whatever. Yeah, gambling, eh. Playing cards with friends, I enjoy. You know, whatever. You lose 20, 30 bucks, who the hell cares? Um, once you start gambling, you end up start chasing that money. Which team, Pete, puts points on the board first? Obviously, this has nothing, you know, nothing you can do here. Straight up, who puts points up first? I'll say the 49ers. I'll go, I think I'll go Kansas City just because I think there could be that fluke early where they've got a way to have Hill, Hardman, Watkins, Kelsey, whichever running back it is, and find one where they can say, you want to know what? We're going to pin pit, pinpoint this guy, and if it's Hill coming his way deep or it's Hardman coming his way deep, Ain't nothing they're going to be able to do about it. I'll go Kansas City on this one. Um, The first score of the game will be, obviously, the safe bet is touchdown. The gamble is field goal or safety, where you you put down 100, you take back in 160. Uh, Which Touchdown, field goal or safety first, Pete? Uh, Touchdown. Oof. Oof. I'll take the field goal safety one on. All right, here. And then, woof, these are all, wow. All right, I'll let you pick the player, and then I'll actually tell what the way uh, the return would be on your $100 bet. Pete, the first player to score a touchdown Sunday in the Super Bowl will be... Uh, who first player? I will say I said San Francisco would score first. I will say George Kittle. One hundred dollars will get you back a thousand. A thousand. The favorite betting wise in this, 
And this goes along with you, Pete, where San Francisco scoring first and San Francisco scoring a touchdown first. Your favorite, uh, your favorite in the clubhouse to score the first touchdown of the Super Bowl. Raheem, I'll start. And oh yeah, he oh, the Browns had him. So did about seven other NFL franchises. Oof. All right. Well, they, all right. We we have your answer here, Pete. But you know, just the odds on it. Um, jersey number of the first player to score a touchdown. And this is where it gets good because now you know, like who really knows what the hell's going on when you get to jersey numbers. And I've always been a big jersey number guy. I just remember it. Numbers are my thing. Um, you know, my wife can tell me five times to stop at the grocery store and give me four things to pick up. I'll remember I need to get four things. I may not remember exactly one of those four things, but I'll remember it was four. Um, so let's see, Pete, you had it as obviously George Kittle, number 87. That was almost the most, uh, that was the least return. Um, one through 10 and then 11 to 20, 11 to 20. All right. Well, one through 10, I guess it makes sense. That's where Tyree Kill is 11 through 20. Obviously you got wide receivers there as well. Happen first. Okay. Which will happen first, Pete? A sack or a touchdown? Um, I will say touchdown. Pete is Pete's going on. Pete's making if this all works out for Pete and you're taking Pete's advice, guys, you are gonna make some damn money. So the best you can do is if you do break Pete off a little bit something here. Who will commit the first turnover, Pete? <laughs> Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I, well, I, I, so that would I, be the 49ers. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't, can't go any other way than, oh, you, it, just the team, then yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, trust me, I knew where you were going to go with this one here. Um, Jimmy and Garoppolo, look, they are the, yes, this is not the one where you're going to get your return of investment. Obviously, the uh, odds here are favored for the fact that it will be. The San Francisco 49ers, but Pete will make his extra money back here by saying it'll be Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, reserve the phone. Okay, the all right. First coach's challenge, Pete. It will be overturned or it will be upheld. It's insane uh, that it gets this oh, deep. I fucking love it. It's crazy. Um, I'll say it will be upheld. Pete again taking the long road, putting the money down. Trying to actually get some bang for the buck here. Uh, I'm trying to think. You're going to get something stupid. like Because, look, and this is where you almost feel bad for the refs because everybody is so geeked up, and even the officials, they, they're geeked up. You want to be a part of this. And you want to know what? Sometimes even your eyes and your brain tell you one thing and your hands kind of do something. This could be something as stupid of, you know, Oh my God! I missed two feet down on a seven-yard reception. So yeah, I, I agree. Okay. All right. Longest touchdown of the game: under forty-four and a half yards. I'm sorry, over or under forty-four and a half yards? Over. Believe it or not, that's actually the less return. On the bet. I'm not surprised. I mean, both teams have just put up crazy number of explosive plays to score touchdowns. Okay. 
Shortest touchdown of the game. Over under 1.5 yards. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with the over. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, because the way you're looking at it is San Francisco's rushing attack versus, you know, look, I mean, if they're going to get in from the four, yeah, it, it, it'll just be that much. It won't be that much of an issue here. Combined touchdowns, Pete. Six and a half is the number over under combined both teams. Over. You think so? Yes. I my thinking on this is that uh one way or the either the 49ers are gonna score a bunch of touchdowns on the ground and and, and, and force the Chiefs to score more touchdowns. And if the, if they don't, the Chiefs are gonna blow them out because they score a bunch of touchdowns. So minimum, Pete's looking at a 21-21 game. Will there be – no, I'm saying minimum. That would be – oh, I'm sorry, over. I'm sorry, yeah. All right, never mind. Will there be a successful two-point conversion? Yes. I believe so. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was one early, and I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City did one early and just say, look, we are, we're going to try to run this up and get as many points on you as early as we can because we're not sure if you can – play at our basketball on grass pace. All right, we're going to close that out there. Pete, who will be the MVP Sunday? Oh, that's tough. Um, Because it feels like there's only two possible answers. Um, I will say, uh, I will say Pat Mahomes. There could be that oddball and, you know, I don't know if Garoppolo's got a shot here. I don't. Um, I think if San Francisco were to win, I think it could be a Mostart. It could certainly be a George Kittle, or you get that fluke Malcolm Smith when the Seahawks won here in New Jersey, uh, obviously against the Denver Broncos. Uh, in my heart of hearts, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game. Maybe it's because... It's my uncle's team. That's where he lives and all that I've been through this year. Maybe that's where we're at. Um, Pete, you had to go with some unsung hero, maybe not even MVP, just somebody that nobody's talking about. And I'd be like, wow, did that dude really show the hell up in the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know of anyone who's not being talked. Oh, I'll say Nick Sorensen. He's come up with a bunch of big plays. He essentially was a was the reason they came back and beat South Houston. No, that's you know that's absolutely fair. But you know, for me, I me, I guess I would maybe go McCall Hardman from the Chiefs. Um, if you're San Francisco, you got to look at it from all right. We got to worry about the running backs. Obviously, we got to worry about Mahomes. You know, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Roberson. You know, uh, maybe the rookie and the fact that he brings some returnability. That's for me is a guy that could. And look, he's capable of dropping two for 95 on you. He had a three for, I think, 129 this year. He's a guy that really commands attention and could just come out of nowhere and ruin us all. Pete, come about 11 o'clock, a little after Sunday night. Who's getting presented? With the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, I, I'll say Pat Mahomes. 
you don't think there's any shot for San Francisco? No, there there is definitely a shot. It's just um, uh, the the thing is, look again, the, the San Francisco 49ers could could overwhelm the offensive line, particularly the interior of that offensive line, uh, and, and beat them. And and meanwhile, the Chiefs defense, especially the linebackers, may have an incredibly difficult time dealing with the 49ers running game. But at the end of it, at, at the end of this. Uh, you're asking me to bet on Jimmy Garoppolo to beat Pat Mahomes, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I guess that's pretty smart. Um, for me, I just think Kansas, if this was only a one-week turnaround, I, I, I'd maybe think more in line with San Francisco. But I just think, and with Andy Reid and all this man has been through, when you talk about it with his son, you know, and reading that story today about his son, linebacker coach and all he had been through he had the same issue obviously as Andy's other son who you know obviously ended up passing away from an overdose and just I don't know maybe I want it more for Kansas City maybe that's what it is maybe that's kind of where it is and you know obviously I mentioned my uncle and you know where I'm at family wise and I have been through this entire football season but yeah I do not think there's not a shot where we can be all sitting here by like third quarter and where it's 24-10 San Francisco and their defense just like a bunch of piranhas was able to just essentially just bust everything up and you know these little crossing patterns like they they love to do in Kansas City with these wide receivers and they're fast as hell but yeah you know Fred Warner maybe knocking their teeth out and Quan Alexander I mean these guys can kind of at least run with them in short areas I do think Kansas City um at the end that is going to take it home and if there was a shot here I could top Pete. I would go with San Francisco. Um, it's not out of the realm though here, but um, just seems you know at the end of the day, this is going to be the Chiefs' day. Uh, make sure you're checking out obviously everything at Browns Maven on Twitter, uh, si.com. You're reading Brown stuff. Guess what? It's coming from Heat and his team. Just keep churning it out. Um, most happy part, Pete, probably for us. Once this is over Sunday night, all right, get the hell, get the defensive coordinator in here. Let's finish up what we got to do, and let's get to freaking work here because we love covering the offseason. Offseason is good stuff. It's fun stuff. Uh, so, again, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith. Make sure you're following the show at Lockdown Browns. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, at Lockdown Browns. Uh, DM's always open. Follow back account. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DM's open over there. Guys, whatever you feed me with, I'll do my best to try to accommodate you here on the show-wise. I appreciate you all for being along for the ride. I'm doing my best to get to all of you. Sometimes I do get a little busy. Um, obviously here for the last 48 hours or so, I've had Mrs. Lloyd on the DL with a violent viral thing. And babe, I love you. And I have, you know, I'm sorry if I underestimate how much you do for us because I'm barely able to get a quarter done of what this lady does for us on a daily basis. With that, this brings us to an end here. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.